If we can just kind of gather right in here, I'm going to sit at the altar and teach this morning, and God's going to come in, and he's going to work through our life through this word, and thank you, Jesus, for your word coming upon us. Thank you for opening our hearts. Thank you, God, for changing our lives. Thank you that we come on Thursday to change from glory to glory. I'm here to change, God. I'm here to let you work in me. That's what a personal breakthrough is. And we know Thursdays is for us, God, that we pour out all week to everybody else. And we have to have a time that it's just for us, a time where you come upon us, where you rejuvenate us, where showers of blessings come upon our life, where your anointing, we get fresh oil, God. We thank you that that fresh oil runs from the head. I heard a man of God say the fresh oil runs from the head. It runs onto the garment because God never anointed flesh. So it ran from the head to the garment. And, and it didn't just run over here like a shoulder over here and God anointed a shoulder. It didn't run over here and a leg over here. God anointed a leg. It came from the head. And then it got on the shoulders, the garment. Then it got on the legs. Then, then it got on the garment and down to the hem of the garment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us, Lord, that as, the, as Psalms 133 say, when the brethren dwell in unity, then the command of blessing comes. When we're in one mind, one accord, the atmosphere shifts. The atmosphere changes, God. Not when I'm doing my own thing, God. Help me to see that. Help us all to see that, God. Give us a revelation of that. That it comes down and then there's a commanded blessing. Life forevermore is that blessing, God. And we receive life forevermore into our lives today because we are in unity. We're one mind and one accord. We're all here for the same purpose and that's for you to do a work in our life. We thank you for the unity in the brethren here today. We thank you that there's no other spirits that, that come in, no spirits that, that pull or fight, which I don't feel any, so I'm, I'm thanking God for that. I don't know if you've ever been a prayer leader, if you ever felt that, then it's an accomplishment not to have to feel it because that means everyone here is in complete unity. Everyone here has one mind, one purpose and that is what does God want to do through our life today we give you praise for it God we thank you for the place that you brought us we thank you for showing us how to be in unity we thank you God we thank you that you are the head of the church and we all come subject to you God we all come subject to you we give you praise for it in Jesus name hallelujah Y'all doing wonderful today? <laughs> I am too. I'm doing wonderful. One reason I'm doing wonderful is because I got a list of 120 in the home groups last night. Don't, don't y'all think that's prophetic? 120 in the upper room? All right. 120. What did Maggie say Sunday morning? Pentecost is all around. Pentecost. What she say, Julie? (laughs) 
So that confirms that our home groups are going to start teaching out of the book of Acts. And so the purpose of that is to, for us to learn what did they do in the book of Acts? What did they do? They went out and they, they laid hands on the sick and the sick recovered. They, they set the captive free. That's what they did. And there was not an end to the book of Acts because we're supposed to continue doing acts for God. Amen? We continue doing acts for God. And we thank you for that word that's going to come in on these Wednesdays that's going to send the people out, that's going to give them a uh, heart to even be aware to reach out. And, and we thank you. And we see, God, that that will build the church, that will cause growth in Helmbar, that will cause growth in Sativa, that church, it will cause growth here, God. And we thank you for that. We thank you for growth. My husband went to Sativa's last night, and he said there was almost 30 of them. And there's only three that come to our church on Sunday there. What is she doing? She's going out. <laughs> She's going out and getting other people that don't, they don't go to church. And so, uh, so she's, that's a good example of someone that went out. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. God, we just give you praise. Does anybody have a testimony before we get started? I just. How's the men's going? You love it over there? Okay. How many men did y'all have last night? It's okay. It's all right. It's going to continue to grow, isn't it? Amen. Because you're going to go out, and you're going to get them, and they're going to follow you. Brother Paul, is uh, he, God showed us in the conference in September that how many know if you have a deep desire for something in your heart that may be your calling to fix that? What is it that you desire? What is it that Sister Sue's is for the sanctuary to be beautiful and She's made three of our campuses beautiful. She's in that. I have to say, with very little expense, because she knows how to do that. And um, so, what is it? See, I might not ever think about that. What's, oh, them curtains are wrinkled, or oh, I don't like that in the foyer, but she does, because that's, what God called her for, and so we all have that place, we all have that purpose, and when you discover that purpose, then you will see what I'm talking about, that the things that irritate you the most may be what you're called to fix, amen, but sometimes we just wonder why someone else don't fix it, we wonder, you know, like someone said, someone said, I, I want to see men leaders, and I said, but, but you're a man leader, do you feel to have a, a men's thing? No, ma'am. See, it's easy to come alongside someone else all of our life and not step out and be the leader ourselves. But when you're full of, he didn't tell those disciples and he didn't tell the 70 and he didn't tell the 120, oh, 12 of y'all stay here because you're not leaders. He said, all y'all go out. Some of you going to sew clothes and give them away. Some of you going to feed people. But y'all all doing something for the kingdom of God. Amen. Isn't that good? 
So I see that, you know, her doing her part and it just flows so, doesn't it? It flows so well. And I think Brother Tim and them got the sign up yesterday. Y'all says, looks nice. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, we've been talking a lot about ownership around here. And about three nights ago, uh, because I've listened to several of the conference speakers, maybe three of them, from Dr. Sorella in January, and so far no one's mentioned this, but, but God spoke it to my spirit. And Pastor D, I was talking to her, and I said, well, I kind of missed going to the conference. And she said, Pastor, I can't come in agreement with that. She said, you're full of the power. Your church is full of the power. Everybody in there is full of the power. She said, you do not have to go to get your direction from Dr. Sorella. You go now because of the maturity in us. You go to be part of the body of Christ. And, but, but God quickened in me, and he spoke to little old me about our church this year. And I, I said, God, you did it. I didn't have to go sit up under... Miles Monroe or, or Mike Murdoch, because every other year I would go to every one of those meetings and, you know, wouldn't miss them and just sit there and, and God would quicken in my spirit like one year, be fruitful, multiply. That was a revelation off of one of the men of God. It wasn't the one he brought, but it was a revelation off of what he brought. But I didn't have that this year. And so I said, God, we need direction for freedom. And he said, he just quickened it so soft to me the other night. He said, this is y'all's year of ownership. How many of y'all been waiting on something and waiting on something and waiting on something? And we know ownership is our inheritance. It's our title deed of what's already been given to us. This year, you can lay hold to it. This year, you can claim it. I heard Cindy Jacobs was at the conference, and she said, her husband had a word, and he jumped up, and he said, we were in a meeting, and I, I called this word of knowledge forth, and I said, there's somebody here that your deepest desire, you have a deep desire, and, and God show me what that is, and he said, I'm going to put this right here, and if that's you, you come get it, and he said that God quickened in him right then that if she wouldn't have came get that, then it was an unclaimed promise. It was on the altar. It was a simple request to buy her mother or her father a Christmas gift, and she didn't have any money, and she wanted to show them love. And so Cindy Jacobs' husband put money in an envelope and put it there. And if she wouldn't have got off the back and went up there and humbled herself and picked that up, it would have laid on that altar and been an unclaimed promise. He said, well, God quickened in him and gave him a revelation that every time that you cry out to God, and you remember he said he'd give you the desires of your heart, those deep things, God heard you. He said, and he's trying to find a way to how to get them to you. He, he's trying to find a way how to get that from heaven to you. But if you don't lay hold to it and you don't pick up your title deed and you don't take your inheritance and, and you don't take ownership of it, then it's an unclaimed promise. But it's not that God didn't try to get it to you. Amen? Amen. So uh, let's claim our promises this year. Let's, words that God's given you years ago, write them down. Say, this is what I'm after this year. Anything that you haven't felt like that you've conquered, that you seem like you just haven't conquered this one thing, 
write it down and go after it this year because there's going to be a grace and anointing on you to do that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I had three things, and God gave them to me before I even knew this was our word, but I knew he was putting in me ownership, ownership, ownership. One was to go to that new level. And I shared last week that my feet are off the ground and I'm riding my red chariot, so think I'm on my way to that. The second one was fasting. I want to go to another level in fasting, the place where I struggled or stopped at times. I want to conquer that this year. The third one was my health. So those three things I put on my journal, and I'm taking ownership. So December 31st, 2016, Let's look back to this day and see if Pastor owned those things that she said that she was going to own this year because there's an anointing here to do it. There's an anointing here where it might have seemed hard in the past. It might have been a struggle. Now it's going to come easier for you. That's what an anointing is for. It's the grace to do something. It's the grace to do something that you couldn't do before. And God, I thank you for that anointing that we don't have to do it in our own flesh, that we don't have to struggle anymore, that we don't have to try to attain to something anymore, God. But we're going to simply make our requests known to you. We're going to write it down, God. You say write the vision down and make it plain. Hallelujah. And if you look in Ecclesiastes, you look in, let's see if that's the right one I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not sure which one I'm talking about. But um, the, the first chapter, it's a burden. In the second chapter, it's delivery of that burden. It's the vision. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, is it Habakkuk that talks about the vision? Yes. Yes. Habakkuk chapter 1. Someone look up the first verse. Thank you, Jesus. Give you praise. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. Go to chapter 2, verse 2 or so. It says, write the vision and make it plain. So the burden comes first. What do you have a burden for? Does Paul have a burden for men? Yes, he does. Because I hear him talk about that. So that burden, uh, the prayer brings that burden into a vision. Where God will give you dreams and vision. Now your burden has come into, you, you are over a men's group. You and Elder Robert are over a men's group. So that burden has become a vision now. But Timmy's always had a burden for revival. Well, he's, he's writing it down, making it plain, and broadcasting it everywhere that revival's coming to Ashley County. It's went from a burden to a vision now. Amen? Isn't that interesting? In the first chapter, it was a burden. In the second one, it was write your vision and make it plain. And he said, don't worry about if it seems like it's tarrying because it will come to pass. It will accomplish what it, what it was sent to do. And God, we thank you that our burdens are turned into visions this year and that we see those visions come into reality, God. We see those visions come into fruition. We see those visions come into what, what they're supposed to be. 
you wrote our life in a book, God. And I want to see the story. I want to, when I get to heaven, I want to read the story over and over of what you have for my life in those areas that I walked into and that I took ownership of, of what you had already given me, that you had already written in the book that I could have, God, that you already said was mine, God. I take ownership of my children. I take ownership of my health. I take ownership of our city. I take ownership of Hamburg Cross it. <laughs> and say, how do I do that? Well, you know what? I've been going around, uh, I've been going around, like when I go through Beekman, I start looking for buildings. It was a burden all those years that y'all heard under the anointing. I declare strong Ashley County, Hamburg, Beekman, El Dorado to be saved. We declare, we call it in right now. We call it in. Why? The north, south, east, and west. The, so we'll be covering all the north, south, east, and west. And, and so, Cindy, Pastor Cindy, God gave her a word and said, as, as many as Pastor will open, as many as he'll give us of campuses. But anyway, I just started having this, this uh, vision starting to come forth for Beekman. And I'm not talking about today, but it could be tomorrow. It could be because it's turned from that burden of where that anointing, all those times, all those years that y'all helped me pray, like we did Sunday, the, the anointing to declare is here. So we've done that over and over again when the anointing was here. And we say, Strong, Hamburg, Beekman, El Dorado, the city of Crossett, we take you in the name of Jesus. Well, that was a burden, and now it's becoming a vision. Hallelujah. So I catch myself looking around when I go through Beekman and then started declaring Beekman belongs to God. And people from Bastrop and other areas that might not make it all the way up to Crossett, maybe our young people could go start a campus in Beekman, God, and, and just start declaring it and calling it forth in the name of Jesus. You say, Pastor, what about Hamburg? Don't you stay there until that's... No, you, you go build something else. You go build something else. That's why I can't just stay at Elder Cell Group. I have to go and go help build something else. And that's why I said it doesn't matter to me if 30 people are on Thursdays and 200 on Sunday because I'm building on Thursdays. I'm planting something into that core group that wants to, that's going to come forth like Jesus did with the 12. And then he sent them out and the 70 and the 120. And what happened when he sent the 120 out? They got 3,000 saved. Did Jesus do that? Peter did it. Peter got up and preached the gospel and 3,000 got saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, so don't despise building. Don't act like when you got some building blocks at home and your kids get three blocks and it falls, then you build it again. Don't ever despise small beginnings. Don't despise where God's got you, that you're looking at two people and you're teaching a marriage class. Those two people may go out and be... Be somebody in the world that teaches two million. So don't despise what God has you doing right now. Don't look at numbers. Jesus said so many times. He said, he said get in. You got too many. You got to narrow it down, son. Jesus wasn't about that. He was about what's the call on your life. Is it to two or two million? It doesn't matter. Do what he said do.
and build. Let's build something for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We're going to build. We're going to build, God. We're going to see vision, and we're going to build, God, until that vision has come to pass, till, till at least it's started, at least it's starting. God, we thank you. We may not do it all like those letters. It might not have been all right the first time, but that's our first time. We're going to do it again. Build something. Start somewhere. Do something. Do something towards your goals. Cindy Jacobs says this is the year that the tide's going to turn. And she said that where the, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord the, the, raised up a standard against the flood. You know, the flood came and the Spirit of the Lord raised the standard against it. She says it's the year that the tide's turning. But she said you've got to do something. You, she is believing God for one billion Muslims to be saved when she goes to heaven and lays something before her king's feet. One billion. And she said, if you have an earthly king, you have to take him a costly gift. What are you going to take your king of kings? If the king was coming to town today, we'd be taking him something costly. She said, and, but you have to have a goal. You have to have a purpose. You have to have something that you're shooting for. And don't just act like it's going to happen, you know, one day. Write it down. Make it plain. If you got four men, then, then believe God for ten. That's what Julie did in her children's church. Give us an example of what you did on Wednesday nights, I mean, for the cell group. Somebody say, I got to make room for the glory. Somebody say, well, have you filled up what you have? Well, we're making room for more. And when you make room for more, it's going to keep exploding. Amen. Because Pentecost is falling all around. That's what Maggie said. What does that Maggie? This is like the third prophecy that Maggie has said, and they come to pass. And she says, Pentecost falling all around. Julie wasn't teaching on Pentecost. So she looked at her and said, What is Pentecost? It was God speaking through her. What happens when Pentecost is all around? Souls is getting saved, revival everywhere. Hallelujah. People are getting healed. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody tell me what happened. <laughs> oh, when Pentecost is around, thousands come. Amen? Thousands come. And people get saved and they get healed and they get delivered. And there's fire and people are baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Things are birthed in Pentecost. Hallelujah. It's awesome. Pentecost is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Pentecost is everywhere. And I'm going to take ownership of that. See, you pull those prophetic words on the inside of you until they come alive in your life. Somebody said they can feel an excitement in the church. I said, I, I ain't never quit being excited. I, I don't ever dry up. I don't know. I've, every day I have a passion for God greater than the day before. Do you ever have them feelings to lay in the bed and be depressed? Yeah, I, I could do it. I could do that too. But I say, I go get some word in me. Go put something in you when that thing hits your flesh. Go put the word in you. Go worship and 
pretty soon you won't feel that anymore. Take dominion. Take ownership of your life this year. Quit and let the enemy come in and take over. Quit letting him give you these feelings and these emotions and take ownership of what God has given you. And he said that the high praises is in your mouth, two-edged sword in your hand. He, he says when you feel depressed, then shout, praise him in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. The high praise is coming my mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He said when the spirit of heaviness comes on you, what do you do? Get it off of you. One day I was going to the river to home and this dark thing was over me. I mean, it's dark depression. I'm like, I'm getting up to the bridge. I probably just left prayer too. It was a spirit. And when I realized, I, I didn't even know that thing was so, see, till you get off of it, you don't know what I'm talking about. You get off of it, you'll see it. But it was a dark cloud. And I said, you spirit of oppression, get off of me in the name of Jesus. I do not receive you. Get off of me. I renounce you. I resist you. I rebuke you. Get off of me. And I speak life into myself. And I thank you, God, for what you've done for me. And, and, and that cloud lifted and life came in. Amen. We got our work cut out in Hamburg. I sit over there the other night in Laura's office. We, Tim and I went by the building and... We sit in her office, and when I walked in, and Laura, is, she's fun, and she's, and if, if something feels dead, when you know their personality is not dead, there's some death in that place over there. I didn't realize. See, we got life, and we got some life here, but I didn't realize that that was there, and all I could feel was death. And I said, oh, my goodness, this is what Cindy was saying, Pastor Cindy, when she went into the building one day. What did you say, Cindy? Yes. 133. Yes. And life, when life comes in, it swallows up all death, so we don't have to feel overwhelmed by it. You just got to bring life in there. You got to... When you bring life, darkness has to go. When you walk in here and turn the light on, what has to go? Darkness. And every one of y'all have the life of God on the inside of you. Amen. Every one of y'all can change atmospheres. Every one of y'all, all you got to do is not give in to the atmosphere. Don't give in to the atmosphere. If you walk in a room and it's depressed, start talking about the things of God. You walk in a room and it's succumb with control, you start bringing life in that room. And, and you just don't accept what everybody has to give you. You come in and make a difference in your atmosphere. And you'll clear the room. Hallelujah. You'll clear them spirits. They'll, they'll either come subject to the... Because why? He, he is bigger. He's greater. His name is above all other names. So when his name walks in the room, every other spirit has to bow to that name. When you walk into your cell groups, you, you bring life in there. So if, if there's control in that house, then you bring the life of God. You start singing and worshiping God. You start praising. And, and then that death and that spirit has to leave you. It has to get out of there. It has to run in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for showing us, God. I change atmospheres where I walk. You change atmospheres. 
We declare glory. We declare the presence of God. We declare liberty. We declare life everywhere we go, God. We declare it in our children's room. We declare it on the altar. We declare it in our churches. When we walk in the room, God, it's just like you walked in the room. And when you walk in the room, then things change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I change atmospheres. Because I take ownership. You say, ownership, is that control? No. Ownership is taking dominion. There was three things that God gave me this morning. He said, to take ownership, you got to do these three things. You got to take dominion. You got to take possession. And then you take ownership. And, and in order to take dominion, that's when you go into the spirit and you, uh, you see what's, what's, just say there's something over your money. You just don't let something be over your money. You go into the spirit and you, you're seeking God. Okay, God, there, there's something over our finances and I don't know what it is that keeps us broke, but I want it broken. I'm tired of complaining about it. I'm tired of coming up every year. What are you doing? You're going in there and starting to take dominion. And then when you locate your enemy, because you will, God will come on you. You stay with him long enough, his presence will come on you, and he'll say, because this happened to me when I was a baby Christian. We could never get out of debt. Every income tax, we were still in debt. We'd pay it off the year before and be back in debt again with dentist bills and all those things with three children. And I got sick of that. And I said, God, every year it's the same cycle. And, and I started just praising him and worshiping him in the house down at the river. And we lived in a trailer back then. I was sitting there, God, I thank you. I just worship you. I thank you for my home. I thank you, Jesus. And I got into the spirit realm, and he's, I saw this uh, black thing over our house. like a, like. A, and God showed me because Mama said, you were never in debt until you met this person. And so, see, you can get married and spirits falling into the home. And um, I, I saw this black thing, and it was poverty. It was a spirit of poverty over our finances. Well, as long as that was over our finances, we weren't going to be free. I don't care how hard we worked. So what did I do? I, I took dominion by going in there and locating the enemy and not just allowing things to be as usual. That's how you're going to take ownership this year. It, it don't just fall in our lap. We got to, okay, my son's acting up. Okay, well, I'm just getting the spirit, and I'm going to see what's this deal. What is going on? And then God's going to show you, and just like he did, he said, that's the spirit of poverty. So what did I do? I started pulling it down in the spirit. That's taking possession. I started taking possession. You don't have possession in my home. The Holy Ghost does. So I took dominion, I took possession, and then I had ownership because we got out of that place and God gave us a house. So I took ownership. See, you, you, but all that happened in the spirit realm. I saw the poverty. I saw the vision of us living a mile from the church. And two years later, we moved. But all that happened in the spirit realm, see. It all happened. Somebody say, it don't happen in my flesh. It happens in the spirit realm. 
In order to take ownership this year, I've got to take dominion. I got to take possession. Because it's not enough just to see it. You got to pull it down. And then you have ownership over it. Then you have ownership over it. Hallelujah. Somebody want ownership over it? Over your children in the spirit. Somebody want ownership over your marriage. Somebody want ownership over your health this year. Isn't that a good word that he says it's our year of ownership? Ownership is going and taking what's already been given to you. What's been given to you? Everything. Everything. Hallelujah. Everything. <laughs> Anything you desire, anything he said, he'd give us the desires of our heart. And he wants you to have health. He wants you to have nice things. He wants you to have unity in your home. And, and so if it's not happening, we can take ownership this year. We can take ownership this year. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. So we took dominion for Beekman when we'd come up here and pray under the anointing. God, we call him Beatman. God, we call him Strong. God, we call him Hamburg. God, we call him Beatman. Uh, we call him, what else do we call him? Eldorado. Those things were just prominent in me just about every time that anointing was here. What are we doing now? We got Crossing. We got North Crossing. We got Hamburg. And now we're looking at Beatman. Amen. Where did it happen? In the spirit. It was a burden first. And then it became a vision. Hallelujah. And then I got to write that vision out and walk, walk it out and, and go take possession of it, take ownership of it. Go look at buildings. Go look at carpet. Go look at whatever it is you need. If you, if you need a healing in your marriage, get some marriage books. Take dominion. Take possession. Take, take ownership of something. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy just come steal, kill, and destroy because he will. If you don't, if you don't fight him off, he's coming in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What did they do um, at Jericho? They took possession. They, he said, you walk around this six times, seven times, shout, and the walls are going to fall down. So they, they went in there and they took possession of Jericho until they took it over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then he said, you're going to, that next uh, battle they faced in Joshua chapter 8, he said, you're going to take Ai the same way. You're going to take it the way you took all these other things. You're going to go in the spirit. You're going to take dominion. You're going to take possession. And you're going to take ownership. But you're going to take dominion and spirit before you take ownership. If you do it any other way, then it's a controlling spirit. We were praying against the spirit today that says sometimes they think whatever they say. They, they want to say that, uh, just say if they say you're controlling. Charlotte said, well, when people don't get to get what they want, they always call me controlling. But what God showed me, because there's somebody, there's four people that God's called here, and they're facing some heavy battles right now, from Jezebel spirits that's trying to keep them from coming here. And I said, God, what is that? And one of the churches said something negative about our church to try to keep this person that we had originally. 
And I, but I didn't say anything. I said, I love you and put praying hands. And the Holy Ghost said, okay, they're calling you this, controlling. They're calling you this, but you ain't did one thing to try to control that person to stay in your church. So they're speaking out of their own heart. They're saying, well, you know what we talked about over there. You know, you know, is that's control. But they put that on other people that know you're this instead of realizing that, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you call somebody, check yourself. Not that we never have operated in anything, but I'm just saying, if you are constantly thinking someone's doing something to you, then it might be in your own heart. Amen. And that's what won me over with Mama because it was Mama and it was someone else that I loved. And they had two different lifestyles and they went to the same church, but they really persecuted my mother in that church because all, all I ever saw her do was give a message in tongues or lift her hands or dance. And so they would go tell the pastor that he needed to do something with her. She's out of order. <clears throat> and that she prayed like the devil and all these things. And and so I'm young. I'm 17, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking. And, and, you know, pretty soon a line's going to be formed which way is right, especially when you haven't been brought up in any religion. What is right here? Because I see good in both. So what's right, God? I'm a little confused. Which Which way is really you? Which way should I follow you and go in my future with you? And you know what won me over to Mama? She didn't talk about them. She didn't, she didn't say, she, I just saw it plain. One day I just saw it. It's like, but she's never putting them down. She's never saying they're not a woman of God. She's never saying they're controlling. She's never saying that must be the right way. And I literally walked through that door of following her way with God because of her lifestyle. So just because someone says something don't mean it's so. Usually they're talking out of their own heart. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. It got a little quieter on that one. but <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So the same anointing that's on Dr. Sorella, what's on him, is to go to nations. I got a, a call this week, Tuesday, to go to Africa in October and preach two, maybe three times. And someone asked me, was that safe? And I, I was thinking, I was thinking, yeah, because I'm going to fast and pray. But then my husband said, don't tell them that's safe. That's what mission work is. You can't say it's safe. You're right. I can't say it's safe. But they have asked, told me I could invite people. So if any of you are interested in Africa, the reason October because the tickets are a thousand dollars cheaper in October, so I think they're eight fifty in October. And um, if you're interested in that, then we can talk about it. And then, what's on Dr. Sorella? To go to nations. What did we do? We stayed under him. Same anointing on him comes down. Amen. And yesterday, I, I'm asked y'all to pray for me because I had never done this before and I'm a little nervous, but I got a call from uh, Chicago. When I went to Little Rock that time with Lisa Payne and his, these were her friends, it's nothing to do with Pastor Cynthia. It's a whole different thing. 
this lady is over like I don't know how many states. Every Saturday they call her prayer line and they listen to her pray. I know there's at least eight states. I don't know how many. But she said, would I be her guest Saturday at 7 in the morning and come on there and pray? So y'all pray for me because I said, God, this is something else I've never seen done. What does that mean, God? I, they all pray in English, and they, they pray for 45 minutes in English. I declare, I, 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 I said, I don't know how to do that, God, but I'm going to fast and pray, and you're going to do it through me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So God is taking your vision, your church somewhere. Amen. And I just got a little encouraging word that I want to share. We're going to uh, look at it real quick. Numbers chapter 13. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 30 through 31. You know, the, they had went and searched out the land to see if they could take it. To see if they could take dominion, to see if they could take possession, to see if they could take ownership. Because when you read in here, God had done giving them the land. He done give it to them. And when we went to Hamburg, my, when we went across that line or wherever it was, my, the Holy Ghost said, you own Hamburg. And then he gave me the word a few days later, how can I say that? Because everywhere that the soles of our feet tread, we own. It's in Joshua 1, the vision. Read the vision a lot. Read the vision of this ministry a lot. Put it on your tables and read Joshua chapter 1. That is the vision. So it says in Joshua chapter 1, he said, everywhere that you put your feet, everywhere they tread, I'm going to give it to you. Hallelujah. So that goes with Cindy's word that however many we open, God will give it to us. But but when I was praying this week, I said, God, what's people's perception of us? What is my perception of myself? Because it quickened in my spirit. Whatever I think I am, that's probably what people think I am. If I think that, that I'm awkward, if I think that I'm, uh, nobody likes me, if I think whatever I think in my heart, that's probably what they, people think about me. And I remember Mama saying one time, she said, this all came back to me in prayer this week, she, when that person said that thing, that negative thing, and I said, God, I want you to work in me, change me, do something in me, whatever needs to be changed. And, and I remember Pastor Tenson saying one day, she said, I must be a terrible person. And I said, what do you mean, Mama? She said, won't nobody obey God. I have to tell them to do everything. And then they think I'm controlling. And I said, Mama, but it's up to us to obey God. It's not up to you to do it for us. And when you get in a flow of the Holy Ghost, you have to, if people's not in your rhythm, you have to pull them in your rhythm. And people can call that control if they want to but I call it a rhythm because if you watch Pastor Benny Hinn when he gets into the miracles he has to say back up don't catch them so close lift the music lower higher watch one of his miracle services the whole time but if Brandy led this service she would get in a flow 
her flow would be different than my flow. The way she did it would be different than the way I do it. But we'd all follow her flow because she's leading the army that day. Because we're not a church, we're an army. And in the army, you have a general, and you have someone that's taking you into the flow of God. And um, so when we get into that flow, what does the word say? Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. So we're supposed to be getting into a flow of God. And if you never get into the flow of God, then you just stay in the circus realm. And the miracles aren't in the circus realm. Amen? And so I said, God, change anything in my heart. And he reminded me of her saying them words and me encouraging her. But I also started praying that off our church, that if anyone would ever said that about us, that that thing would get off of us, that stigma would get off of us, that that thing would go in the name of Jesus, and we just pull it down. Anything that ever said anything like that about us, God, we command it to fall to the ground and die. And we declare that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. And if people are controlling, then your spirit wouldn't come in. Because the only place you don't come in is where somebody's controlling. So, and I say this humbly, but if you ever, because I used to, you know, had to deal with some of these things with Mama as a pastor in my own heart. But if, but if you think things like that, Check and see, am I mad because I just didn't get to do what I wanted to do? And then I said, you're controlling because you don't let me? Why are we really angry? Why are we not understanding? Because if we really don't understand and we want to understand, we'll come ask questions and we'll quit talking. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So I said, God, so the people, I said, what do you mean change perceptions? And he took me back to the, to the 12 spies that went in and the 10 that came back and said, we can't do it. But what kind of perception did Caleb have of all them other people? And that's the perception I have of y'all, that you can do it. Because Numbers 13, verse 30 says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. So what did he think? What do you think of each other? Do you think Brandy's able to overcome and to go over there and take a city of Hamburg? I do. What is your perception of Paul? Do you think that he can raise up a mighty army for men? Yes. Hallelujah. Let's change the way we think about things. Let's change our perception. Let's change what we're... What, if it's negative, if what we're thinking about anybody's negative, then let's ask, ask God to give us the heart of Caleb that looked at all those negative people because they were negative and they were bringing bad reports. And he said, but I see that you can overcome and I see that you can do it. I see the good in you. I see that you can possess it. I, see, I choose to see the 80 good and not the 20 bad. I choose to see the 80 good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And this is a word for pastors. That's why it's good to get, make your team that's getting in the flow with you real small and people you can trust because then it's not looking like you're bossing so many people <laughs> because you're trying to get into a flow. But all I can say is about that $5,000 came in Sunday and it normally be about 800 The fruit is there, 
So we have to wonder, what, what, what is our perception of Freedom Ministries? Do we, have we quit years ago inviting people because we think it's just too much in there for them? Change your perception. And then maybe we'll act different. If you'll quit believing that about us, maybe we'll act different. Amen? Caleb stood the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Verse 33, And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. See, that's some real giants when it's the giants that came from the giants. Giants which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight. Our perception was grasshoppers. We were in our own sight. Somebody said, I got to change the way I see things. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. People believe about you what you act like you are. If you act like you're nothing, that's what people think. It's a good word. So, so if you think people in the church or in, anywhere, you know, we're just around each other a lot, and so if you think people in here think of you a certain way, then, then you confess that out to God and you say, God, I think they think I'm this. I think they think I'm that. I think they think I'm no good. I think they think that I'm not going to do it this time. I think, and get that out of your heart and, and say, God, but I forgive them for for putting this stigma on me, and I want it off. Like Julie said one time, people wouldn't let her change. People remembered her from her high school years, and they thought she was still that way and didn't want to get real close to her. They thought she, whatever. And, and one time she said, even the people closest to her wouldn't ever let her change. They wouldn't ever see her any different than what they saw 20 years ago. And God, we don't want to think that way anymore because we're new creatures. This is a new year, and we're always developing in you, God. I choose to believe the 80% because there's 80, they say, and 20. Maybe 100, y'all all 100% know nothing, but they say that there's usually 80% good and 20 negative and everything. So I choose to look at the 80. Don't we choose to look at the 80 and not look on the 20? Hallelujah. I choose to look at the 80 in my husband. I choose to look at it in my church. I choose to look at it in every area, God. I thank you today for showing me, God, that I have to change the way I see things because as a man thinks in his heart, that is he. That's the way he is, God. I have to change the way I see the church. I have to change from things I've seen in the past that maybe not be here anymore. I have to forgive and I have to let go, God. And I have to trust, I have to trust, God, that you are doing what you want to do through Freedom Ministries because you're the one in control. You're the one leading and guiding the prayer army, God. I give you praise.